Good morning and good afternoon. The question is, why Africa? Purported to be the birthplace of man and woman. Scientific techniques, ranging from fossil identification, radiocarbon dating, and analysis of DNA, the human genetic blueprint passed down from one generation to the next, all support the notion that Africa and the eastern and southern regions is the cradle of humankind. There is no doubt that the birthplace of humanity has its origins on the so-called dark continent. This indicates that Africa is the mother of the world's three significant developments of the human race. Africa is the motherland because she has given birth to so many nations. And these countries have gone ahead and become divided into many nations. It is in the feminine nature to give birth and Africa can be considered the mother of all continents. A study by the noted English naturalist, geologist and biologist, Charles Darwin, best known for his contributions to the science of evolution. Darwin said 150 years ago that the inheritance of characteristics greatly suggests that the earliest remains of the homo genus or humankind was first discovered in Africa. And that relates to the current modern person. Inherited characteristics that have gradually changed through evolution have left traces that help in ascertaining that Africa is the birthplace of humanity. With regards to this, paleontologists have been successful in indicating how the human race has evolved to adapt to the changing climatic conditions in order to survive. Yet, with all those facts and evidence, you, as some of the first terrorists known, you chose to leave your shores and commit today what is considered a federal offense and kidnap entire generations of human beings for your own selfish economic and what I call supreme white racist reasons. White supremacists? Please, I consider an oxymoronic narrative, since to me, to call these individuals then or today supreme in any way is wrong. A simple question for simple-minded individuals that consider themselves supremacists. I prefer my term, supreme white racist. So why Africa? You could have went anywhere else on the planet. Why Africa? They were then as they are today, white terrorists. The origin of the evil endeavor didn't begin in the 17th century and the 1619 initial kidnapping crews. On the contrary, at the end of the 14th century, Europeans started to take people from Africa against their will. Initially, they were mainly used as servants for the rich. The Europeans justified the taking of slaves, or Africans, by arguing that they were providing an opportunity for Afri Africans to become Christians. How white. The Spanish were the first Europeans to become involved in the so-called slave trade. However, in 1563, Francis Drake, who later became Sir Francis Drake, really, joined his cousin John Hawkins on a voyage to Africa. The two men started capturing people 
in Sierra Leone and selling them as slaves to Spanish settlers in the, in the Caribbean. As it was illegal for the settlers to buy from foreigners, Hawkins and Drake soon came into conflict with the Spanish authorities. When Spanish and Portuguese sea captains began to explore the Americas, they took their African servants with them. Some of these Africans proved to be excellent explorers. The most important of these was Estebanico, who led the first European expedition to what would soon be called New Mexico and Arizona. The people living in the Americas resisted the attempt by the Europeans to take over their land. What a concept. One of the most important struggles took place in Cuba in 1512. Resistance was led by Hatui, According to Bartolome de las Casas, Hatui claimed, they tell us these tyrants that they adore a God of peace and equality, and yet they usurp our land and make us their slaves. They speak to us of an immortal soul and of their eternal rewards and punishments, and yet they rob our belongings, seduce our women, violate our daughters. Incapable of matching us in valor, these cowards cover themselves with iron that our weapons cannot break. Diego Velasquez eventually suppressed the rebellion. He captured Hatui and he was executed on 2nd of February in 1512. It is estimated that over a million people lived in Cuba before the arrival of the Europeans. 25 years later, there were only 2,000 left. Large numbers had been killed Others died of starvation, disease, committed suicide, or had died from the consequences of being forced to work long hours in the gold mines. After the arrival of the Europeans, there was a sharp decline in the local population of most of the islands in the Caribbean Sea. This created a problem for the Europeans as they needed labor to exploit the natural resources of these islands. Eventually, the Europeans came up with a solution the importation of slaves from Africa. By 1540, an estimated 10,000 slaves a year were being brought from Africa to replace the diminishing local populations. According to one Suzanne Schwartz, the author of Slave Captain, the career of James Irving in the Liverpool slave trade, I quote, this sophisticated trade in human cargo was global and international, involving all the maritime powers in Europe, from Spain and Portugal to France, England, Holland, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, and even Brandenburg. Some 37,000 slaving voyages cleared from ports of the Atlantic, literal between the early 16th and mid-19th century, and collectively they transported an estimated, wait for it, 11 million individuals, humans, from Africa. In 1672, Charles II gave the Royal African Company, or the RAC, the monopoly of the trade to supply slaves to the British colonies. And for the next 1,000 years, 1,000 years, the British built coastal forts in Africa where they kept the captured Africans until the arrival of the slave ships. The merchants obtained the slaves from African chiefs by giving them goods from Europe. No comment. 
At first, these slaves were often the captured soldier, soldiers from tribal wars. However, the demand for slaves became so great, the raiding parties were organized to obtain young Africans. Over the next 20 years, the company exported over 90,000 slaves to the Americas. In the 18th century, Britain was mainly interested in Africa as a source of slaves. And after a large number of petitions from merchants and manufacturers, the RAC lost its monopoly to provide slaves to the British Empire in 1698. They now opened up the business to independent companies, but had to pay high taxes to the British government. This gave them rights to the infrastructure of the RAC. This included the coastal forts where they kept the cap captured Africans until the arrival of the slave ships. So between 1698 and 1797, the new companies carried 75,000 slaves compared to the 18,000 that were carried by the RAC. It was estimated in 1796 that every year about 72,000 slaves are carried from Africa to the West Indies. The Danes carry away about 3,000, the Dutch 7,000, the French 18,000, the Portuguese 8,000, and the English have all the rest. Over 85% of the Africans exported were carried in British ships. Most of these were based in Liverpool. Yes, that same Liverpool that gave us all the Beatles. It was reported in 1790 that the goods used to buy slaves from this area included guns, gunpowder, textiles, iron bars, and brandy. Other popular items traded included copper, brass, and pewter goods. The treatment of slaves was interesting, I guess you would say. A word that might not really describe what it was. But in 1784, William Dillwyn published The Case of Our Fellow Creatures, The Oppressed Africans. Really? Dillwyn claimed that the slave trade encouraged wars between the different tribal groups in Africa. This traffic is the principal source of the destructive wars which prevail among these unhappy people. Unhappy people. And it is attended with consequences, the mere recital of which is shocking to humanity. The violent reparation of the dearest relatives, the tears of conjugal and parental affection, the reluctance of the slaves to a voyage from which they can have no chance of returning, must present scenes of distress which would pierce the heart of any in whom the principles of humanity are not, are not wholly effaced. This, however, is but the beginning of sorrows with the poor captives. One Hugh Crow, the captain of the Elizabeth, one of the slave, ship, slave ships, arrived at Anamabo, or South Ghana, in December of 1790. And Crow later recalled, and I quote, We came to anchor at Anamabo in December for seven weeks. We lay there about three weeks without transacting any trade, the king of that part of the coast having died some time before, in conscience, I'm sorry, in consequence of which all business was suspended. According to a barbarous custom of the country on occasion of the decrease of the decease of a prince, 23 of his wives were put to death while we remained 
and many, no doubt, had met with a similar fate before our, our, our arrival, end quote. One Alexander Falconbridge was a surgeon on board a slave ship, and he wrote in 1790, and I quote, when the Negroes whom the black traders have to dispose of are shown to the European purchasers, they first examine them relative to age. They then minutely inspect their persons and inquire into their state of health. If they are afflicted with any infirmity or are deformed or have bad eyes or teeth, if they are lame or weak in the joints or distorted in the back or of a slender make or are narrow in the chest, do you believe this? In short, if they have been afflicted in any manner so as to render them incapable of such labor, they are rejected. The traders frequently beat those Negroes which are object objected to by the captains. Instances have happened that the traders, when any of their Negroes have been objected to, have instantly beheaded them in the sight of the captain. One James Irving was a captain of one of the slave ships, the Ellen, that was based in Liverpool. Irving wrote to his parents on the 2nd of January in 1791, and I quote, we have been very busy loading the vessel. We are bound for Anamabo in the Gold Coast or South Ghana to discharge what goods we have for that price and set sail from it again within 48 hours after we were arrived. Then we are to call at Lagos, Accra, Ghana, and other parts whose name I have forgotten. We are then to go down as far as the Benin River and stay a day or two and then go back to Anamabo, from which place we are to sail for the West Indies, end quote. They arrived at Anamabo on the 5th of April in 1791 before moving on to Lagos and Accra. While on the Gold Coast, Irving purchased 341 Africans, 88 of whom were transferred to other ships. One John Newton was a slave captain between 1747 and 1754. He wrote in Thoughts Upon the African Slave Trade in 1787, and I quote, The slaves in general are bought and paid for. Sometimes, when goods are lent or trusted on shore, the trader voluntarily leaves a free person, perhaps his own son, as a hostage or pawn for the payment. And in case or default, the hostage is carried off and sold. Which, however, was hard upon him being in the consequence of a free stipulation, cannot be deemed unfair. There have been instances of unprincipled captains who, at the close of what they supposed was their last voyage, and when they had no intention of revisiting the coast, have detained and carried away free people with them and left the next ship that should come from the same port to risk the consequences. But these actions, I hope and believe, are not common. End quote. Slavery in the divided states. Part of the British Empire at the time of the kidnapping, an empire that had its origins in 1497, the Brits, an empire that was 122 years old at the time, left their ports and traveled almost 8,000 miles to a country and a land that had a rich culture that makes it made their culture, in my humble opinion, look like the difference between a nursery school education 
and postgraduate studies at Harvard University. The fact that you as a primitive culture whose population was as large and encompassing as it was begs the question was and is, why Africa? The height of arrogance, supreme arrogance, I think not. Supreme, I think not. Why you deemed it necessary for the furtherance of your species to destroy another species is arrogance of epic proportions. And history should recognize the country then as the animals that they were and some say are today. In 1619, this country of Europeans at the time that would soon be found to be kidnappers, terrorists, rapists, mutilators, and killers, they didn't go to China. They didn't go to Australia to get the free labor they wanted to help their economy. No, they went to one of the oldest locations on the planet. The question is, why Africa? The divided States of America at this time is 529 years old. Today, and at the time of the mass kidnapping in Africa, was 127 years old. And they went to one of the oldest civilizations on the planet to take human beings away from their homes and families to foreign shores and force them into submission and to their will and pathetic whim. In, a, in addition to that, they mutilated, killed, lynched, raped the women and destroyed future generations of Africans that could have aspired to heights to any means simply to fulfill their economic needs and desires by utilizing these human beings for their demands. Allow me to give you a geographical tour of what was called the Middle Passage. They were taken from Southeast Africa, the West Coast of Africa, Biafra, Kija, the Gold Coast, the Windward Coast, from Sierra Leone, from Senegambia, and there were over 300 so-called insurrections or attempts to thwart the attempts to transport them to parts unknown. Valiant, brave, and courageous brothers and sisters and their children. Millions of Africans were taken from the only place they knew as home to parts unknown and never to return. When they left the motherland of Africa, they came to Portugal, Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, Bahia, unknown islands, Amazonia, French Guiana, Dutch Guiana, British Guiana, Venezuela, the Caribbean Isles, the Out Islands, Hispaniola, Haiti, the Spanish colonies, Europe, Jamaica, Colombia, Spain, Bermuda, and to Mexico. So as you can see, there is a very good reason that the various pigments of the world today are not simply due to equatorial reasons. When they arrived in 1619, after the lovely and friendly Virginia, they were also sent to Alabama, South and North Carolina, Maryland, many of the East Coast ports, and that heartbeat of the South, Mississippi. Stay tuned for part two of Why Africa. Ebony Contrarian, out for now. <laughs>